A reading from Jeremiah chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered you to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to the one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are, even, we are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins." Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are, are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. And Jesus lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from the epistle lesson, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter, but I thought I'd pick it up with verse 12 and following. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We're even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true, that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if, Christ, and if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, our triumphant and risen Lord and Savior, dear fellow believers in Him, what a difference a day can make as we survey history, we can see how the events of one day leave a lasting imprint upon civilization, sometimes for good and sometimes for bad. For example, March 15, 2020. That was the day that many U.S. states began to shut down to prevent the spread of COVID. 9-11. What else needs to be said? November the 9th, 1989. That was the day that the demolition of the Berlin Wall began to take place. January 22nd, 1972. That was the legalization of abortion in the United States. March 12th, 1938. Hitler invades Austria. September the 28th, 1928 the discovery of penicillin by Alexander Fleming. November the 24th, 1859. That was the day of the publication of Darwin's Origin of Species. October the 31st, 1517. Had to put that one in, right? The nailing of the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg Church door by Martin Luther, thus beginning the Protestant Reformation. And then if we go all the way back, because we don't have too much time here today, let's go all the way back to that day when Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord and they brought sin into this world, the curse of sin, 
separation from God, even division between Adam and Eve, God cursing all of creation, and then also cursing us with death. What a difference. What a difference a day can make. I mean, have you ever experienced one of those life-transforming days? Well, certainly you've experienced some of the ones I mentioned, right? But what about those personal days in your own life that just kind of change everything about your life? I mean, maybe the day that you received an acceptance letter to an institution of higher learning. Or maybe the day that you were accepted into the military. Or maybe the day that you met your future spouse. Or the day that you got hired. Or the day that you got fired. Or what about that day when you heard that you were going to have a child? Or maybe the day where you said no for the final time to an addiction that had tormented you for most of your life? Or how about that day when a loved one died? What a difference a day can make in our life. But of all of these days that I have just mentioned, all of these days that have had such a significant impact either in the history of this world or in our lives, of all of these days, there is no other day as significant as the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. What a difference that day makes. That Friday was doom and gloom. Jesus' life comes to an abrupt end, an abrupt bloody and gruesome end. One day Jesus is walking and teaching and laughing and healing people, and the next day he's chained and he's rebuked and he's taunted and he's beaten and he's tortured, and then he's dead. His disciples are overcome with fear and grief. The women who follow Jesus lament his death. Angelic voices that fill the heaven with song are silenced by the shocking events of Good Friday and Saturday. Satan, well, he dances triumphantly in the streets of hell, for he has finally crushed the head of the Son of God. But what a difference Sunday makes. Jesus is resurrected from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And the disciples' grief is transformed into shouts of joy. And the woman's gloom is replaced with gaiety. And Satan's jeers become terrifying shrieks of alarm, for he knows that he is defeated and doomed. Jesus' resurrection from the dead makes quite a difference in the lives of his disciples of his day and in the lives of those women who followed him But Easter Sunday, Christ's resurrection from the dead also makes a profound difference in our life as well. You know, there were people in the Corinthian church who claimed that there is no bodily resurrection from the dead. And St. Paul, using a series of logical if-then sentences, reveals the futility of their thinking. Beginning with verse 12, the if-then statements progress to a threefold conclusion about the implications of the Corinthians' denial of the bodily resurrection from the dead. In verse 12, we read, If Christ is preached as risen from the dead, then how is it that some of you 
can say there's no resurrection from the dead. And if there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then first our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain, and we're found to be false witnesses of God. And then Paul continues on with a a few more if-then statements. He says, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ hasn't been raised. And if Christ hasn't been raised, then your faith is futile, you're still in your sins, and those who have fallen asleep in Jesus have perished. And then he says, if in this life only we hoped in Christ, then we are to be of all people the most miserable and pitied. Indeed, how pitiful and wasted our life would be if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead. Can you imagine? We might as well eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we would die. But then Paul concludes our text with verse 20. And these words are worth memorizing. But in Christ, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Yes, our life would be pitiful. It'd be wasted if Christ had not been raised from the dead. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And Paul tells us that Jesus' bodily resurrection from the dead is, is, is a fact because it's even attested by hundreds of witnesses who saw Jesus alive after his resurrection from the dead. And Paul says, if you don't believe me, go and speak to them, because many of them are still alive. And because Jesus' resurrection is true, we know that there is a resurrection of the body to life everlasting. We know that our sins are forgiven, that we're liberated from the curse of sin. We know that our faith in our resurrected Christ is not an opiate to dull the pain of life. But in fact, the certainty of Christ's resurrection from the dead breathes vigor and it breathes hope into our daily living. And we know that those who have died believing in Jesus Christ as their Savior are in the presence. Yes, they're in the presence of our Savior. And we know that our hope is secure. We have every reason to be confident in every and all circumstances of life. And therefore we know that our preaching and our teaching and our speaking and our sharing the message of Jesus' resurrection is profitable. Yes, it's profitable for life now and for eternity. Our confidence and our hope even as we face our own mortality, stands in stark contrast to Alfred Hitchcock, the director of many horror films. Alfred Hitchcock said as he was dying, one never knows the ending. One has to die to know exactly what happens after death. 
Hitchcock speaks for the millions upon millions of people who live without the belief and the hope in Christ's resurrection victory. But you and I, we know the ending. We know the ending of the story. Paul says, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Oh, what a difference that day, the day of Jesus' resurrection, makes in our life. As believers in Christ, the resurrected Christ, we always have one more day to anticipate. Margarita Higgins, a war correspondent, received the Pulitzer Prize for international reporting in 1951 for her coverage of the Korean conflict. She wrote about the 5th Company of the U.S. Marines, 18,000 men in combat with 100,000 enemy soldiers. On one particular day, she recounts that it's 42 degrees below zero that morning, and weary soldiers, nearly frozen, stand by their dirty trucks, eating from tin cans. Higgins writes, A Marine was hacking out his breakfast from a frozen tin of beans. The beans were encased in ice crystals, and little crystals had formed on the Marine's beard. His face was crusted with mud. His clothes were as stiff as a board. And a correspondent asked him, If I were God and could give you anything you wanted, what would you ask for? Give me tomorrow, said the Marine. Give me tomorrow. And he went back to hacking at his beans. Give me tomorrow. God always gives us a tomorrow. We don't always know what the tomorrow will bring. In fact, we don't know what the tomorrow will bring. We may experience another one of those life-changing events that forever impact us. We may have one of those personal life-changing moments in our life that affect us forever. But whatever tomorrow brings, our tomorrow is always filled with hope. And why? Because our living Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ is always with us. He is risen from the dead. Our sins are forgiven. He promises to be with us until the very end of the age. And in Jesus Christ, our tomorrow is always assured, whether it's in this world, in this life, or in glory. Like the blues singer Bessie Smith said as she faced her own imminent death, I'm going, but I'm going in the name of the Lord. I'm going. I'm going in tomorrow, whatever it brings, but I'm going in the name of the Lord, my risen Lord and Savior. Yes, what a difference that day that Christ rose from the dead makes in our life. We will experience significant, historic, world events yet in our life, no doubt. And they will have profound effects on us and all the people of this world. And we will have our own personal changing days. But nothing, nothing compares to the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead 
victorious over Satan, sin, and death. Nothing compares to that day and the effect that it has on us today and tomorrow and, yes, even into eternity. In Jesus' name, we live now and forever. Amen.